Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's going on, friends? Welcome back to Forward Progress, live here on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network, and powered by Pinnacle Sportsbook. I'm producer Jason, your host. Every Friday on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, today we will be joined by none other than Matthew Freeman of The Fantasy Life, Jack Miller from Establish the Run, and John Legeza of The Athletic to talk some props and get you ready for that beautiful Sunday slate that we all know and love. And guys, last week, we appreciate the interaction in the chat. If you guys want to drop your plays in there, we'll be hitting on them throughout the show. So feel free to drop your plays in the chat. You just have to be subscribed. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, ring that notification bell. It really goes a long way here. And before I bring the crew on, one thing to get out of the way, we, of course, would not be out here without our sponsors over at Pinnacle. Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sports book and available to betters in Ontario. Uh, offering competitive odds for 25 years. We love to preach line shopping on this channel. And with everyday competitive odds, Pinnacle should be one of your available outs. If you're looking to support the show, make sure you use code HAMMER when signing up to Pinnacle. Your trusted sports book for 25 years. Bet smart, bet Pinnacle. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. And not available in the U.S. Guys, joining us right now. You know him. You love him. Matthew Freeman from The Fantasy Life. Jack Miller from Establish the Run. And John Legeza from The Athletic. Guys, Let's just get right into it here with the Thursday night football matchup. I mean, this past week, it was hilarious. We saw some discourse on Twitter talking about Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and comparing the two. And I mean, some people were arguing that Wilson is having a, let's say, better season. And obviously that argument was put to rest very quickly last night. Chiefs dominated the Broncos on Thursday night football. And my question to you guys, let's start with uh, John here. The Broncos are sitting here one in five. They're looking to move off a couple pieces. That's what the rumors are. Maybe Jerry Judy, maybe Cortland Sutton, some guys on the defensive side of the ball here. Their next three games are very tough. They play the Packers, who, funnily enough, with the weird scheduling clerk, will only play one game over 21 days. And then, I mean, Packers with a lot of rest. The Chiefs, and then against the Bills. All tough defenses there. I mean, early on the season, this D looked incredibly porous for the Denver Broncos. I kind of looked at them at maybe being an over team. But, I mean, with such tough competition in the future, with the state of their franchise right now, are you going to be avoiding them taking their overs from here on out or are they just straight under straight under team to you john we'll start with you i mean the prices in the lines are always going to dictate that but from a macro standpoint it's over the broncos it's over it's a young man's game you invested in mortgage your future for an old man quarterback and an old man coach that the game might have already passed by and now the broncos without the picks and all the you know the the resources that you need to build something bright and beautiful going forward those coffers are empty. It's an absolute S show. You could just, you could really forget the Broncos. We finally, the offense was playing good. The defense was historically bad. Then the defense finally kind of gummed up against the Chiefs, and the offense was nowhere to be found. It, it's a dumpster fire. Marvin Mims, again, nowhere to be found. Put him on the milk carton. We have no idea what's going on. The Broncos are a disgrace. It's really bad. Yeah, it's not looking too good here. And they're looking to move off these receivers here. Jack, I mean, you're you're a fantasy guy. You're also a betting guy. But for fantasy purposes, let's quickly talk here. Other than Cortland Sun, are you just plugging your nose and starting any of these guys like Jerry, Judy, or Marvin Mims going forward? Or are you just staying off of them until they prove otherwise? 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough, too. Judy is still in line for, for pretty decent volume, but it seems like he's probably going to be traded before the deadline. Um, or maybe not probably, but it seems like he has a good chance to be traded before the deadline. So that's something to, to watch, probably. Um, and then with, with the other guys, I mean, you cannot really start Marvin Mims right now. He's played 12 snaps last night. That was a season low. Um, and then the running back, it looks like a three-headed backfield all of a sudden with Jaleel McLaughlin uh, becoming a big factor there. Samaj so P. Ryan has the pass downs. Javante and Jaleel McLaughlin are going to split the early downs. Um, so it is kind of a mess. Sutton and Judy look like the two guys that maybe have some fantasy relevancy. Greg Dulcich, maybe once he gets a little bit more up to speed, he was coming off the hamstring injury yesterday, and then he hurt his hamstring again. So so we'll see uh, what his health looks like moving forward. But but yeah, I'm with John here. It's it's definitely not a good outlook here for Denver. Yeah, and if you own Cortland Sutton or uh, Jerry Judy in fantasy, you're praying that they get traded. But man, Steve Smith, if you own Jerry Judy, you're like, you're shaking your head at that one. Uh, if no one saw on Twitter, you got to check out what Steve Smith had to say about Jerry Judy. I won't repeat it on the show here. But Matt, one more question for you here. Jack, you brought this up about the running backs. And I mean, we know how Sean Payton likes to utilize his running backs in the past with the New Orleans Saints. I, I'm thinking of guys like Darren Sproles. I think of guys like Reggie Bush. I think of guys like Alvin Kamara. Do you potentially see Jaleel McLaughlin or uh, in that sort of similar, I don't know if it's a change of pace role, but like that receiving role in the future, do you think he can evolve into that role or is it just going to be an absolute mess with this backfield? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a mess. It wouldn't surprise me if eventually uh, Jalil ends up becoming like the pretty clear number two. I mean, I think he's already there, but it wouldn't surprise mm -hmm. if like one of these guys somehow like gets benched, gets cut, traded, whatever it is. And then it becomes like much more of a clear two headed backfield. And if that's the case, it's like it's much more bearable, but the team is still going to be so bad that it, it kind of doesn't matter. Like if it's still two guys, like you're not going to want to play either of them in fantasy. And I will say like with this game and, and this team moving forward, I mean, I don't know if any if you were degenerate enough to be betting on the Broncos at plus ten and a half. Uh, I was and I hate myself <laughs> for it. Um, I mean, like I will say like it was both the right side and the wrong side. Like they could have lost by 28 points. They could have lost by eight points, you know, and it just feels like a team that is going to be trading off players, a team that has a defense with four bad games and like one good game, uh, I guess five bad games and one good game, um, a, a coach who can't remember what down it is and a quarterback who like really cannot be trusted to throw at volume. Um, it just feels like this is the kind of team where even if your number is showing value, it, it just feels so uncomfortable to be betting them. Yeah, they're just they're yeah, and in the garbage with uh, where kind of where I put the Chicago Bears, but after last week, I kind of fished the Bears out. We'll leave the Broncos in there for now. Uh, let's get right into our bets here, but before we do, I want to quickly remind everyone in the chat we will have a QA portion towards the end of the show. So if you want to hear from these guys right here, they're super sharp. Make sure you drop your plays. And if you want to hear their thoughts, let us know what you're playing and uh, maybe we can help you sway one way or the other here. Let's just get right into it. Starting off bright and early with the London game. I love the London games, guys. Nothing like waking up early, making yourself a nice little coffee, getting yourself some breakfast, and then wedging yourself on the couch for the next 14 hours. The Ravens are taking on the Titans. Baltimore right now, minus four and a half favorites on the neutral site. Uh, total hovering around 41, Matt. You are eyeing a prop on the Raven side. And uh, honestly, when I saw this prop, I had I chuckled to myself because I'm like, never thought of playing this, but I love the angle that you're going for here. And I'm going to play this after the show. So tell us who you're looking at in this Ravens backfield and tell us more about this prop you like. 
Yeah, this is the most disgusting prop that I have bet this year. There's like no question about it. It's not even close. I'm looking at Gus Edwards under 0.5 receiving yards. And the juice, the juice on this is minus 145 to minus 160 across the industry. I would bet it all the way to minus 200. And I know there are like people who don't like laying heavy juice. No, no, no one likes laying heavy juice, but it's a question of like where the value is. And uh, if you just kind of look at what Gus Edwards has done throughout his career, he's played, let me make sure I have the right numbers here. He's played 62 career games, including the playoffs. He has gone under 0.5 yards on 74.2% of his games, right? And if you look at like minus 145 odds, the implied probability there is 59.2%. So you would need to go under that more than 59.2% of the time to have the under be profitable. And Edwards has clearly cleared that mark or fallen short of that mark rather throughout his career rather consistently. You look at what he did last year. 10 games, only three targets in 10 games. He went over 0.5 yards just once in 10 games last year. You look at what he's done this year, three targets in five games. All three of those targets came in one game, and that was the game where Justice Hill was limited with an injury. So I'm not expecting him with Justice Hill back to be getting any targets in this game. And then here's the thing. Even if he gets targeted, that doesn't mean he's going to catch it. Even if he catches it, that doesn't mean he's going to have positive yardage his a dot is minus two yards this year. You know, like he could legitimately be targeted behind the line of scrimmage and get tackled. So, I mean, burn your money. But just historically, this feels like the kind of bet where even it's you know minus one forty five odds, there's still significant value at this number. Yeah, and that Yo, minus. Go ahead, John. Something that you and I talk about, because this is a really good point for anybody learning how to bet is these things become legalized. So Friedman, again, super sharp. Something I've battled with myself. Personally, Matt, listen, I like to bet underdogs because I don't want to need to win all the time. But the math that you did really is very important for people. You know, Matt does so much good work. You leave behind nuggets that need to be highlighted sometimes. Minus 145 is a 58% implied probability. It's an 80% outcome at least. And in the one game that Edwards got the one yard, it took him two pitches to get there, like Matt said. It's not, this is not even a guarantee if he gets a catch that he's going to get a yard. He might get a catch, lose three, and then there's no way he's getting it. So that is really sharp, although kind of gross, but it probably in the best way, Matt. I, I, when I saw that, I bet it myself. <laughs> it's gross. There's no question. This is gross. I didn't realize how bad, I'm not saying how bad he was in the run game, right? We know the the Ravens carry the narrative to not throw to the backs, which we kind of have seen play out. But I didn't realize just how extreme. That's that's really extreme, right? Zeke Elliott didn't catch passes. He gets some passes. Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes. He gets some passes. Gus Edwards does not catch the ball. Yeah, and I mean, I, I honestly was shocked that this was even offered. I, I thought that, like, yeah, if yeah. you're a book, why would you even offer this at this point? But, hey, they're offering it. So we're going to take it. Let's stick with this game, though. John, you are liking something in London here. On the other side of the ball, though, sticking with yep. the backfield, you're looking in the passing game. You're known for those reception ladders. Yes. So lay, lay on us this reception ladder on the Titans side. All right, cheerio. Come on, let's go to London. Give me Tosby Spears over two and a half receptions. It's at plus 115. So I love in the base rung of the ladder is at plus 115. And also I am Mr. Low Expectations. Three catches, pretty easy. Five games so far this year from the Titans. Tosby Spears has outsnapped Henry three times and scored more fantasy points than him twice. Not that that's necessarily predictive, but it does show that they he is kind of game script dependent. Again, Tennessee is an underdog, and if they go down early, they're, they struggle to catch up with a lack of explosives in the pass game. Baltimore defense, top 10 in pressure rate, 
38%. Top 10 in hurries per game, more than 14 hurries per game. We know that is also kind of conducive to running back catches. Tannehill has a better than 21% target rate to running backs on the year. Spears is third on the team in receptions year to date. Go figure. 22% target per route run, 14% of the team target share. Those are, again, third on the team, which... It may be more of a statement on the lack of the aerials there. But anyway, three receptions, the number we're looking for in each of the last three games. I'm a little bit surprised this is at even money. Three catches kind of feels like the floor from the pure, you know, pass catching back in that. So, you know, I'm going to go for the ladder also, Jay. You got to get a tenth on four receptions is at 320. He did that twice in the last three games also. So we're getting plus 320 on something that's happened two out of the last three games. You really want to get in that stuff. And then just in case he squeaks that last one in garbage time, plus 725 on the fifth catch. So I love these, I love these ladders. And especially, like I said, when the when the base play is at plus money, again, this is like the freedom strategy, the freedom strategy stuff that really should matter, that we want to resonate with people. You set the bet that if the base play hits, the entire venture is profitable. Again, you take a tenth of a unit, a dollar here or there, to build up the progressive build. That way, if he gets those catches, man, it covers for bets in the future. So, Taji Spears, give me three catches, Jay. Can we get a green check mark around here? I'm pulling my hair out, dude. I know it's it's bad bounces galore. I was looking at the, the oh, our, the deck, our... don't get me started on Paul, but I'll start tilting on live TV, man. I am so tilted. I am so tilted. I cannot believe it. First drive out of the second half, we had the third catch. The Cowboys didn't even have their start. Oh, I can't. I can't. I'm muting the mic. I'm muted. <laughs> All right. I just want to remind everyone: if you do want to see our bets, we are tracking live. We're using forward. Uh, we're using Betstamp. Excuse me. You can find us on Betstamp. Just search Forward Progress HQ, spelt Forward Progress, right here. F W D Progress. HQ. If you search that, you'll find our account over on Betstamp. Give us a follow. You'll see all of our bets tracked. We're tracking them in real time as we are doing this show live here. So uh, tracking wise, John, I'm taking the over two and a half receptions here on Tajay Sears plus 115. I'm going to take the first run at 70. Uh, second run will be 10. Third run will be 10 as well. Yeah, that's cool. 7, yeah. 2, 1, 8, 1, 1. However, as long as we're being responsible and not over-levering on any one play, I know sometimes people misunderstand thinking a ladder means a unit on one, a unit on mm -hmm. two. It's not three units. It's the same. Whatever you were going to bet, that you're going to divvy up by percentage, compartmentalize it to make sure that it's a profitable venture with a kind of backdoor for progressive payout. That's so I'm going to do... I love it. So seven, two, one here for each rung of the ladder, and you can check it out on Betstamp. Jack, let's move over to you, and let's move over to the one o'clock games here. Uh, I mean, this seems to be the one of the few one o'clock games on the slate. The Carolina Panthers going to Miami to play the Dolphins. I mean, the widest spread on the board, highest total. Weather seems to be looking good here. Always check the weather before you bet, guys. You don't want to end up like me with an over in an incredibly windy game like, like I did last night here. But, uh, Matt, so you're looking at someone on the Carolina side. Tell us who you like here and why. Yeah, uh, another disgusting bet here. It's really the uh, the theme for me for week six. I'm going with Jonathan Mingo over 28 and a half receiving yards. And uh, he hasn't cleared this number uh, in any game except for one. And he's played four games. So, you know, like history is not on our side. But if you look at the underlying numbers, he has decent volume, six and a half targets per game. The thing is, his efficiency has been dreadful. Just 4.3 yards per target. You figure that has to improve. This would be a decent spot for it to improve. The Dolphins are number eight in most yards per pass attempt allowed. They're number 30 in defensive dropback success rate. And the Panthers are, as you mentioned, massive underdogs, 13 and a half point road underdogs, which means, you know, in my opinion of how this game unfolds, they're going to need to pass a lot. They're going to have a, a pass heavy 
hopefully wide receiver friendly game script for a lot of the game. Uh, and there could be ample garbage time opportunities for Mingo. So he has at least five targets in every game. You figure with usage like that, as long as he's not absolutely dreadful, he has a pretty good chance of having over 28 and a half receiving yards. I have the projection at 38 as I bet it up to 33 and a half, although you probably won't have to, but Jonathan Mingo over 28 and a half receiving yards. Yeah. And I just want to quickly mention here the, the line, it looks like it's already creeping up a bit. We see some 30 and a half on the board here. It's more widely available. So I'm going to lock in that 30 and a half minus 15, if that's cool with you, Matt. So 30 yeah. and a half minus 115 over 30, excuse me, over 30 and a half reception minus 115 for Jonathan Mingo here. There is a rogue 28 and a half out there, minus 118, not as widely available, but if you want to go play that and you have, you have the availability at that sports book, by all means, guys, please do so here. And I mean, Jonathan Mingo, like you said, it looks like the underlying numbers are trending up here for him. And I mean, Hey, like I, I don't, hate this play one bit let's move on let's go on to the four o'clock games here we have arizona heading into the uh, los angeles to play the rams if it's a home field advantage i don't really know in la anyways uh jack you're looking at someone uh on the rams here rams right now seven point favorites uh who do you like you're going back to your back to the longest reception under well so who do you like here and why yeah, I'm I'm liking these longest receptions. But first, I mean, John brought up the the Sunday night football and the tilting. I want to just rehash that last week. I was on the show. I gave out Ayuk over 58 and a half, and you oh said God. you said you saw both 57 minus 115 and 58 minus 110. You asked which one I preferred. I said I'd probably have to check unabated, but we can just take the 58. He lands 58 and has a reception taken off the board to go over that on a penalty. So I should not be responsible. So I, yeah, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to put that out there uh, for my own tilting purposes. But for for my first play, I'm gonna go with Tyler Higby under 15 and a half longest reception uh, with Cooper Cup back. Uh, we can expect his target share to fall. He's he's already only at a 14.3 percent target share on the year. Last week that was 8.1. His ADOT is only 7.5, and last week it was 2.3. So I think he's going to be getting fewer targets with cutback. I think he's going to be primarily getting underneath targets since it's not like he's a big downfield player. Um, so I'm taking Higby under 15 and a half longest. And uh, we've been doing pretty well with these uh, longest reception unders. It's always like a tongue twister in my brain to say that out loud here. But I mean, hey, I'm tracking that right now. Best price we have on the or excuse me, median price on the board right now, 15 and a half under minus 115 over there. So we're tracking that as a full unit. John, we're heading back to you and we're going back to this reception ladder here. You're looking at the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Chicago Bears. I mean, this looks like to be a bit of an, I don't want to call it, a, I guess, a throwing fest with both of these poor defenses. But man, the Minnesota Vikings lost one of the best players in football in Justin Jefferson last week. And John, you're looking to attack that in a certain way here so tell us which receiver you're looking at on the vikings i'm getting nervous because i really i mean you listen i cover content at the athletic and, and hammering stuff i have not heard a single person mention this name so i'm either going to look really really smart or we're probably going to goose egg okay we want to stick with minnesota everyone is looking at kj osborne everyone is looking at jordan addison we're going to go with brandon powell most people are saying who i got you hold on Again, two and a half receptions, Mr. Low Expectations, so we're not going to need much to get across the finish line. Minus 125, again, really palatable. Check it out. Chicago pasty, we know it's objectively terrible. Bottom two, e paper dropback. Bottom two, opposer passer rating allowed. Bottom two, pass yards per game. They're also top five in zone rate, top five in too high show rate. 
which kind of manifested that more than 25 completions allowed per game, right? So stylistically, it kind of makes sense. We've talked about this. They're going to play back. They're going to allow completions up front and then try their best and probably fail at tackling. Okay, I know. Justin Jefferson left. Tier for all the fantasy people. I get it. Powell's 16 routes after Jefferson left was a 90% route participation rate, which is very good. It was behind Osborne and Addison that had 20. However, working from a combination of wide and the slot, there's a mixture of combinations. I'm not sure. I haven't heard anybody mention this. Powell led the Vikings in things that matter. Targets, five. Target per route, 31%. Receptions, three. Receiving yards, 42. Yards per route, 2.6. And air yards, 70. Brandon Powell was the clear like leading receiver after Jefferson left. I don't know if that's going to pan out, but I know when everybody's running to the left, I generally kind of grab walk over to the right. And I think there's a chance you mentioned a shootout. We're looking at a high volume of passes on both sides. We're looking at a really poor defense and a really low bar. I mean, we covered this prop in one half of the fourth quarter. So I think it's on board again. I, I don't know. I, this one, like I said, I really found out there on the limb. I was kind of Twitter searching Brandon Powell. I couldn't find a single thing. So give me Powell. And again, there's a really sick ladder if you can find it. That, you know, these kind of guys, you're going to get 10 to 1 if he ends up with 6 grams. He could get 6 grams for like 11 yards. And you're going to hit an 11 to 1, which is kind of sick. So give me Powell for three catches. Yeah, sounds good here. So I'm going to lock that in for a full unit here. We're not looking yeah, at yeah, the yeah, ladder here. But, I mean, I'm sure as uh, the... As the week goes on here, um, we're going to see probably ladders posted or, or the option to get those reception ladder posted. Matt, you wanted to mention something about Powell. I'm going to leave the floor to you. Yeah, I have this projected at 2.9. So I, you know, there, you know, there with uh, with John. The one thing that that I will say does give me just a little bit of uncertainty with this. Not to rain on, on the parade, but like playing devil's advocate. It should. No, it should. <laughs> no, you know. Um, the the fact that the the bears as terrible as their secondary has been like it has been injured and they are getting back like a number of their defensive backs like return like they could have three starters returning back to the lineup this week so as bad as they've been like i i don't know if we can project them to be as bad moving forward and then like there's also like the uh the weather element so like yeah. you know with weather games there's just you know more room for chaos so i like i'm projection wise I'm with you, but like the the sort of the qualitative stuff makes me just a little bit nervous. Well, I think when you mentioned it, I still feel very good about the three. I think I feel less strongly about like the five. But again, three receptions, even a win game, right? We know that kind of in route, uh, yeah. short hook stuff he's running could be conducive to it anyway. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with Friedman. Like I said, I feel good about it. My, I, I got him over three catches, but it makes me a little bit nervous. I just hadn't heard it. Felt really different. Yeah, no, I, I like I like when we go different, and because also again, like I always say this, uh, uncertainty benefits us way more than it does the books, right? The books have to set lines on almost everything. We don't have to play lines on everything, right? We get to pick and choose, and these are one of the areas where I think the uncertainty can play into our favor here. So I locked that in full unit reminder. You can find that on Forward Progress HQ if you search that on Betstamp. And one more thing before I get on to our next prop here, guys. Guys, don't forget to drop those plays in the chat. We'll be doing like a little Q&A towards the end here. So if you want to hear from these guys, super sharp stuff here. And you're kind of, if you're back and forth on the fence on a play, please feel free to drop in the chat and we'll get around to it here. All right. Two more games, or excuse me, two more props to go. And I kind of like to bucket 
each game. And I, I like to kind of build a flow for this show. And the theme for the last two games is revenge games. Okay. So this one, we got the new England Patriots coming into Las Vegas and we all know what the revenge game is here. Jimmy G playing his former team playing against the Patriots, the man who drafted him, Bill Belichick over there, Jack, you're looking at someone in this game, specifically Jimmy Garoppolo, but you're not going for that revenge game, game angle. You're saying the, the Patriots made the right move, but from moving on from him. So tell me which under you're smashing here for Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this one will not be the most fun sweat in the world, but I'm going with Jimmy G under four and a half rushing yards. Uh, he's gone over twice in four games this year, uh, including he went under last week. He had six yards and then he kneeled twice to get to four. Um, so, you know, that is, that is always some equity we have on kneel downs. But in 2022, he only went over twice. And in 2021, he only went over twice. These are going to have a, a, a really a, the distribution is going to be such that the median is far below the mean. There's going to be a lot of outcomes under four, but then there's going to be games with 10, 15, 20. Um, and, and so I'm really just leaning on history here and betting that Jimmy G will remain the same player that he's been. The, the Raiders might call a sneak or two for him, but he's not, it's not like he's out there running read options. Um, he's not a huge scrambler. So under four and a half for me. Yeah, and, and on top of that here, uh, the Vegas Raiders are favor are three-point favorites right now. So again, Vegas is expecting them to win. You can probably hopefully get a couple kneel downs there towards the end here, locking that in full unit here. Jimmy Garoppolo, best price I can find. There's one Rogue 110. I'm not going to play. I want to play widely available numbers here. We're going to lock in the minus 120 here. And for the last game on the board, we have the Sunday night matchup. And I love the last two weeks right now. We've been playing these Sunday night football matchups, giving me something to sweat for this Sunday night football game because it is incredibly gross. We have a 15 and a half point spread right now. It might be moving up here with all of these. There's literally a laundry list of offensive lineman injuries for the New York Giants here. Uh, the New York Giants uh, playing the Buffalo Bills and the theme of this game. You know what I, I said at last game? Revenge game. Tyrod Taylor coming in, playing his former team in the Buffalo Bills here. Matt, you're looking at uh, something a little interesting. And when you when you brought up this prop, I always love to see the props in your process here because this number feels off to me. It feels a little low and it makes sense why you're playing the over here. So tell us who you like in this game and why you're playing is over. Yeah, Josh Allen over 25 and a half rushing yards. Uh, it's it's popped up to 26 and a half. I think it's, it's totally bettable there. Uh, I would say my cutoff is like 28, 29 and a half. Um, I have it projected at 32. So I think there's still some room to run for this. Uh, Allen, he's, I'll just like blanket statement. He has not been running nearly as much this year as he was last year. Like that's just evident in no matter what number you're looking at, four carries per game this year. 7.8 per uh 7.8 carries last year so almost half of where he was last year and if you look at his designed rush rate it has plummeted seven percent designed rush rate this year 18 percent designed rush rate last year so just in terms of how they are intentionally using him as a runner it is not nearly as much but his scramble rate is basically the same so whenever he's dropping back to pass getting pressured He's taking off at the same clip. So that is good. And his efficiency is intact. Six yards per carry this year, 6.1 yards per carry last year. So he is still like Josh Allen as a runner. They're just not using him as much on designed runs. His rushing prop of 25.5, it is not just the lowest mark this year. It's also the lowest mark compared to anything that we saw in the market last year. So this is like, the ultimate buy low opportunity mm -hmm. on Josh Allen. And the Giants defense is number three in the league in blitz rate, 41.4%. But 
they're just mediocre in terms of pressure. So I think it's a situation where, where Allen is going to be blitzed, um, but the Giants aren't going to get home. And that's going to give him opportunities to scramble out of the pocket and pick up chunk yardage as a runner. And of course, Bill's massive home favorites. So there's an opportunity or the possibility rather that we lose this because Allen uh, kneels down at the end of the game or Allen gets just game scripted out of the contest as a runner. But again, this number is just so low compared to what we've historically seen that it feels like for a runner of Allen's talent, you kind of have to take the opportunity. And of all the quarterbacks to face the Giants this year, the guy most comparable to Allen as a runner is Joshua Dobbs. He had 41 yards on just three carries against the Giants in week two. So I feel like even if Allen gets just three carries, given the way that he will get those carries, probably scrambling the pocket uh, and having a lot of room in front of him to run, uh, I think even with three carries, he would have a good chance of hitting the over. Yeah, fair enough here. And I could see a lot of situations where Josh Allen could just, like you said, scramble out there. If there's any third and long, he could potentially get this in one or two plays here. And hey, maybe this game gets so out of hand, he hits that over that he's out of the game when they start kneeling here. So I love Jay, that. One John, last thing, I think, and it, it's kind of in line with where Matt is going in, what you're saying as well, that it's that defensive package that the Jets are running out, uh, that the Giants are running out, again, really lends itself to quarterback runs. It's not. It's it's the blitz, which he's absolutely right about. They also have to be top three in man coverage all the time. And a player yeah. like Allen, in particular, when he sees the back of jerseys, that's when you'll see him take off. So I don't even think you need necessarily to get this in one big chunk. I think Allen's going to get these on those third and longs, like you're mentioning, Jay, mm -hmm. because that's the Giants just refuse to get away from what they do. They kind of force man coverage on you and see what, how you're going to adapt. And I think that's one of the ways you're going to see it because Allen, again, is not afraid. Even he doesn't even need the numbers in his favor. He's a bulldog. So I really like that play because, again, if he sees the names on the back of a jersey, I think he's going to take off for the sticks. Yeah, fair enough here. And uh, that just about does it for us here, guys. Reminder, before we head out here, smash that like button, hit that subscribe button. Again, if you want to get your plays in the chat, drop them right now. It's your last chance. Before we head out, though, there's something that I do want to mention. Matt, you sent one bet to me before the show, before the show, but I had to ixnay it because it is an incredibly... It, it, I'm so shocked how off this line is compared to the rest of the market. And I'm going to take us back to this London game. It's Chig Okonkwo. I mean, his his yardage total right now is sitting at 20 and a half. There's a book out there lined at 35 and a half. Guys, if you can go find this, I implore you all to go out. And if you have this sports book, I think you should bet it because it's just simply so off market here. We're not going to track it. It is too, it's way too off market to even uh, consider here. But Matt, I don't know if you want to explain the reasoning other than it's just way off market, but uh, you want to give us a little quick something here about Chigo Quanco in that London game for the Tennessee Titans, why you're betting his under on receiving yards or why you're looking at it at the very least. Yeah. So my projection is 30, but I will say like, I feel like my projection is probably high. Our official mm -hmm. fantasy life projections have him at 16. And then, you know, like there's the, uh, the difference between mean and median, uh, you know, that Jack mentioned earlier. Um, you know, if we just kind of think about how a lot of projections go, they tend to be based on medians means tend to be lower and more accurate. So I think there's even more room for the downside on Oconquo. And, you know, he hasn't gone over 35 and a half receiving yards in any game this year. And, you know, he, I think he's a talented player, but he's kind of hamstrung within that offense. There's only so much that a tight end can do with 4.4 targets per game, uh, a median of four targets per game. And then last week he had a season low 58% snap rate. So, 
you know, just even in terms of opportunities of being on the field, that has kind of trended down recently. So uh, I think multiple reasons to be kind of pessimistic about Aconquo. Yeah, rogue book. I mean, if they're if they're hanging a soft line like that, the unders at minus 130. I see 28, 27 and a half at minus 120. That just screams to me, play that. So uh, thank you. Sorry for putting you on the spot there, Matt. Thank you. No, for all good. Me, thank you for letting me bring that one up here, guys. That wraps it up for us. You know the drill. Smash that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Ring that notification bell. Guys, we'll be back here every single Friday covering props so that you can have a lot of fun on those Sundays. And a reminder, every Sunday live here at 11 p.m. Eastern, Rob Pizzola will be running through the live board pregame going through his favorite bets on the board that are still available. So if you're sitting there on Sunday with nothing to bet on, first of all, what are you doing? Watch our content. we got tons of bets here. But if you end up to be in that situation anyways, Rob will be there. You don't have to worry about any line movement. He'll be playing things live for the Pizza Buffet. And then also at 8 p.m. after that Sunday slate is finished here, uh, we're going to be live for Forward Progress. Uh, Rob Zill alongside Clive Bigsby. They take a look at week seven lines take a look at the opening lines and try and get some clv in your account there so you can have some good bets heading into sunday so guys thank you so much for tuning in we really appreciate it for myself for john legaza for jack miller for matthew freeman this has been forward progress powered by pinnacle on the hammer betting network guys good luck on your bets sunday and we'll catch you later